The funniest line for me in this movie was when Lara Jean compared her sex life to a brisket, burning low and slow. I have never <laughs> heard sex be compared to brisket before. That's a really sad comparison. That's, <laughs> I almost wouldn't tell people if that's the comparison. <laughs> no, not at all. She said it and I was like, low and slow. Like, that's not what you want. Brisket's really good. Yeah. It takes some time to get there. But like, no. Like, what is that? My sex life is kind of like a crock pot. Uh, it takes about eight hours to get done. But <laughs> like, what? So once it's there, it's really tasty. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And if you're here, you probably love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have a brand new release, so if you have not watched this yet, go on Netflix. Watch it now. It is... To, to all, all the boys, boys always, always and, and forever. forever. It's uh, based on the novel written by Jenny Han. It's directed by Michael Fiminari. It literally just dropped on Netflix uh, as we're recording this, like three days ago. And it's the final piece in the To All the Boys uh, trilogy of stories. It's centered around Laura Jean. Laura Jean? Laura Jean. I always want to say Laura Jean. It's Laura There's Jean. There's no you in there. Played by Alana Condor. And it's the story of Peter Kavinsky as well, played by Noah Centineo. In the first movie, Laura accidentally sends these love letters she wrote back in, let's say, middle school to these five boys she loved at the time. She, she wrote the letters in middle school. They accidentally get mailed years later in high school. Shenanigans ensue. So the first movie is how love kind of begins to bloom between Peter Kavinsky and Laura Jean as uh, he's one of the recipients of these letters, doing broad strokes. The second movie is her and Peter dating while another of the letter recipients, John Ambrose, shows up and almost, you know, kind of slides in between them. And now we've made it. It's the final semester, the final few months of the final semester of senior year of high school. Peter Kavinsky and Laura Jean, they've made Laura Jean. Laura Jean have made it this far. <laughs> Jesus. I even we've watched all three of these movies and I just don't want to say Laura. And uh, and we're kind of on the topic of schools at this point in the story. Peter got a sports scholarship to Stanford, and Laura Jean, who also applied to Stanford, will be going there as well. Hopefully, we think. Hey, Connie. Hello from Korea. The best part of this vacation is spending time with my sister. But pretty soon, we'll be back from spring break, and then I'm going to tackle you and smother you with kisses and give you gifts. I miss you. I can't wait to see you. Feels like it's hard to believe. I'm standing in a timeless dream. What all started with a letter, a hot tub, and a diner could turn into this. Lara Jean Song Covey, will you go to prom with me? Yes, of course. <laughs> I love you. This whole podcast is going to be a spoiler alert. Let's just throw that out there now so we don't need to say it along the way. What are your thoughts on this movie? 
I was so excited that this movie finally came out. I loved the first two movies, and I couldn't wait till this one came out to round out the trilogy. It was so good. Um, I honestly have to say that the first movie is by far the best. Um, but isn't that always the case with sequels? Better than this one? Okay, my order of the movies for the trilogies are the first movie, this one, and then the second yeah, movie. Yeah, the second one wasn't amazing. There, there were more holes to poke in the second one, I guess. Yeah, the first movie is always usually the best, and then the others that follow are good but they're not like as the first one but this one actually was really really good i was very impressed i really liked it i want to be very honest with you listening to this this was a movie (laughs) i i genuinely wanted to dislike because i thought and and maybe you have the same perception it's like a netflix team rom-com maybe it's gonna feel a little bit like the kissing booth which i think we can agree not amazing in retrospect just kind of cheesy. The acting wasn't amazing. Mediocre story. The first two to all the boys movies were decent, but I thought they just they just couldn't uh, keep up. Not the case at all. This is a frustratingly strong movie, I think. <laughs> Anchored by uh, great world building, I guess. Like there are yeah. some movies, much like a good book, and maybe that's you know when when a movie is based off a book, they do this really really well, well where you can kind of feel yourself slipping in to the world the author has built. Like, I'm actually going to throw you under the bus right now. What book are you reading? Right this second. No, no. That's okay. It's like a Shadowhunters thing, ah, right? yeah. Do you feel like you're in the world of the Shadowhunters yes. when you're reading? <laughs> Sarah's so uncomfortable right now. Yes. There's like 18 books, and I've been reading them for a really long time. To paint a picture, her oh. arms are crossed. She's looking up at the ceiling. She doesn't even want to look at my face right now because I said that. But what I'm saying is that, like, like... Wow, I'm going to make a Harry Potter uh, comparison, and you listening are probably going to think I'm an idiot. But there is something to be said about like how I can feel myself understanding and being in the world that you created. And and especially for yeah. this movie, it's that feeling of, of chaos that, that only exists. It's that special time in the last few months of high school where everyone has their big plans of, oh my God, when I get out of here, here's what I'm going to do, and they're getting accepted to places. And it's kind of like this frantic, nervous energy to get to the finish line and start the rest of your lives, but at the same time, you know, this really important book is closing. And it, it it's a really unique moment in time to capture. And much like the two characters in this movie, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Sarah, I was dating someone in my last year of high school. We literally just started dating at prom. Oh, wow. Horrible timing. No kidding. And she was going uh, somewhere else for school. Okay. She was going to school in the Guelph area. Oh, yeah. And I was I was going to college in Ottawa. Okay. So it's like a six-hour drive. Mm-hmm. And I thought this movie really ca- captured those moments of like nervous, uncomfortable excitement where you don't really know what's going to happen next and you want to start the next chapter of your life. But it's like sad and happy at the same time. I don't know. It, it built up this world that was really believable to me. Yeah, I agree. I think they they were able to paint a really good picture of what that world was from the book. And I don't know if you know this, but The Kissing Booth is in fact a book. Yeah, I do remember that because so, we did those episodes. But I think, I think the way this was done, the fact that they had Jenny Han on set with them throughout the filming. Oh, is that true? Yep. Um, I think that helped kind of bring to life the picture that she had put in her put in everyone's head from the books I think she was able to bring that to life and I think the director and the writers I think they were just really really phenomenal to make this story come to life for us all to watch it kind of um 
maybe this is a bad comparison, but I guess it feels kind of like the first four or five seasons of Game of Thrones. It felt really similar to the source material, and then yep. once they got past the books, it was like, whoa. Fell like, apart? What is, yeah, it kind of <laughs> fell apart. You're like, what is happening here? Maybe it's the same thing where, like, if the director... Or it, if the the writer of the novel is really ingrained in what's happening on set, it just gives a more authentic performance in terms of the narrative of the story, I guess. Yeah, I think when I think when directors and writers have access to the authors of the books, um, and they kind of go through them with certain things, certain pieces of the movie, I think that does help bring to life the essence of the book itself on the screen yeah. I think it helps it and I know that that's what they did do with JK Rowling for Harry Potter exactly. for the movies so I think thank you for making my Harry Potter reference seem reasonable because as I was saying <laughs> I'm like this is stupid you can't compare Harry Potter to to all the boys I loved before well, you can but it's, I... in, in that grain it like it kind of does feel the same to me you capture this world and it feels real and well, it feels yeah, vibrant. And, and it makes you want to be a part of it, right? Like it did yeah. bring me back to, to you know, those last few months in high school where you're all choosing where to go and what your next step is. And and um, you know, I went to a university that I had never even stepped foot on, and never seen pictures of. I didn't know a soul going there. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and so I, didn't I was know that. I was really nervous, but um, it was exciting. So leading up to it, it was choosing where you were going to go. And, and I mean, I, w I did go based on um, a varsity sport and and whatnot. But um, but it was really nerve wracking going there without knowing anyone, without knowing where you were going. I had never been to the city before. You'd never been to Waterloo. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's where I was going to spend the next four years. What, what did you know about the city of Waterloo before you got there? What, Blackberry is there and that's yeah. it? That's the home of Blackberry? Yeah, Blackberry was there and my uncle lived there at the time. Oh, okay, perfect. So at least you knew somebody. Yes, yes, off campus, yep. <laughs> oh, and shout out to George R.R. R. Martin. The biggest thing about trying to make a movie or a series feel like a book, you need to finish the books, dude. That's just a, that's a shout out to George R.R. R. Martin. Come on, man. <laughs> Okay, so the movie opens up with the song Covey Family in Korea. I think it was pretty cool that they took the filming there and that they did part of the filming, uh, a part of the movie in Seoul. I was glad the movie captured LJ's time with her sisters. Her older sister, Margot, wasn't really in the second movie. Um, and she was in the first, but then she left to go to Scotland for school. And of course, I mean, Kitty's just hilarious. Hello from Seoul. <laughs> By the time you get this, I'll probably already be home, but I couldn't leave without writing you. You always tease me for being such a homebody, but I think you'd be proud if you saw me here. Kitty's hilarious. I, I'm going to disagree with you a tiny bit. Okay. I felt like it was a bit unnecessary. Really? That whole but but here's the thing. It, it set up a few things for us, and you touched on it. It set up the we have the three sisters all together, which, like you said, never happens. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it doesn't happen often. And then and then we kind of set up a few. Like Margot gives her two cents about how Lara should go to whatever Larching. school makes the most sense for her. Yeah. Not whichever one Peter Kavinsky happens to be going to. <laughs> um, they they do kind of. You might agree. There was so much foreshadowing that it's like, oh, she's yeah. not going to get into that school, I, right? I think I dive into that literally in 
the next yeah. part of what I'm yeah. going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we also get to see them interacting like, like Peter Kavinsky and Lara Jean long distance. Yeah. And you can see like, oh, it's not great. <laughs> we get a minuscule little love story with, with Kat. Um, but all in the South Korea stuff was like eight minutes long, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, it's with, I I thought w- with the movie trailer, the l- movie trailer literally opens with, "Hey, it's Laura in South Korea," and you're like, "Wow, that must be a big part of the movie." It's eight minutes long that they're in there, and that's it. Yeah, I think um, culturally speaking, though, it was really important for Laura Jean to go to go to Seoul um, because that's where her mom was from, and um, she brings a lot of her being Korean into the movies in the first two movies and in the third one as well. And I think it was an important piece to round out, I think for the films. Okay. I agree with you. I just thought there was going to be more and I kind of wish there was more. Yeah. Maybe not opening up with it, but maybe going after their year before school starting or something like right. well, so she ended. was there on March break, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's kind of what it seems. So really like it she was, was yeah. there for a week, which in movie time is about eight minutes long. I guess, <laughs> I guess it's reasonable. <laughs> Quick fact, like before I get into my quick facts, yeah, sure. they actually filmed in Korea at the end of their filming production. Oh, cool. So they all ended there. Oh, which is, that... yeah. Okay. Yo, I'd be pissed if I was Peter Kavinsky because I feel like that would be a fun trip of like, hey, we're almost wrapped shooting. We're just going to fly over to South Korea. It's going to be a great time. Um, you're the only main character who doesn't come with us, though. Like, Noah must have been like, guys, like, really? You're going to go to South Korea with me? I don't know if he might, he might have been there. Really? He's only, there's only one scene with him, and yeah, he's just Yeah, but I'd put up my phone. hand to go. I'd be like, yeah, oh, I'll come. Please come with me, or please let me go with yeah, you guys. Yeah, there's, there's an extra seat on the plane. <laughs> put me on it. Oh, man. Can we make a judgment call right now, though? And I want to be clear about something. As we go through this podcast, I really do believe Laura Jean and Peter Kavinsky, they should end up together. It is true love. It's all those classic romantic comedy things, but it's with an asterisk. Do you think a long distance coming out of high school relationships actually ever work? It didn't work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work for me either. (laughs) Yeah, it did not work for me at all. Um, I was dating somebody, um, I think... We had been dating for like two, three years. Yeah. And um, yeah, I went away and I came back and I um, I did the turkey dump. Oh, the Thanksgiving dump? Yo, yeah. that's quick. Yeah. I uh, I think we lasted, man, I can't remember how long we lasted. And this was the girl in Guelph? Yeah, the girl oh, who, okay. I think technically- You gave her, it a shot, Technically eh? your campus was like Welland, <laughs> Ontario, but- Okay, I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah, I went there like twice- Oh, we that's broke cute, up though. Probably after, probably going into summer, so like we made it almost the full year. I wow! Think. I'm trying to remember, I think it was important. Of... <laughs> you know, it was important to me, and then she broke up with me, and that was oh, really heartbreaking. But man, <laughs> so can we agree? It never works out. I I would like to be optimistic that it would work for some people, and I think it has. I think some people have made it through, um, but I think. A lot of times it just doesn't. I think life gets in the way. So we see LJ's phone quite a few times throughout the movie, partly because they want to show you that she has the Stanford app and is checking it every five minutes to see if she got in. Um, What are the most important apps on your phone to you? I mean, social medias, Instagram, for sure. Yeah, agreed. Ah, TikTok for leisure, Twitter. Oh, yeah, you use Twitter a lot. 
I, I peruse Twitter a lot. Peruse. Yeah. Uh, you're a massive Spotify fan. Yeah, big on Spotify. Yeah. Follow if you're listening to us on Spotify right now. That would, that would be great. Just hit the <laughs> button. It's just above <laughs> us. Um, I'm actually midway through uh, typing out a tweet as we speak. Oh. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what to say. I don't think I've tweeted since 2016. Really? Yep. I wanted to tweet something about how like I used to get oat milk coffees from Starbucks and then I got actual oat milk at home and that's the only way I can drink my coffee now. And in about five weeks, I'm going to be eating nothing but avocado toast. And kale. <laughs> Hashtag millennial. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, what <laughs> happened to me? I'm like a, a coffee oat Your hair milk. is long now. <laughs> You've let your beard grow. <laughs> I became an oat milk snob. What happened? All, all you need is some cashew milk now. Yeah. From the, from the milk from teats of almonds. Yeah, teats, right, right. Yeah, because the, they milk oats, oats for this. I didn't know they had breasts, but. <laughs> Did you know that there's also a thing called pea milk? Like, like. Green oh peas. Oh my god, that <laughs> what? Yeah, there's pea milk. <laughs> well, first I thought something else, but that still sounds disgusting, I'll be honest. I have so many questions, but you know what? I don't want the answers to any of them. Don't tell me anything else about pea milk. Okay, that I won't. sounds horrible. Um, and I'm gonna do the the crappy grown up thing and say Microsoft Teams is unfortunately oh, one yeah. of the most used apps for, on my phone now. For work, yeah. God. Yeah, okay. So LJ has TikTok, Instagram, the books app. Stanford, of course, the health app, notes, Spotify, the Netflix app, which is like a shameless plug, and the WhatsApp app. So speaking of the Stanford app, Chris talks about it a little later in the movie, but universities have apps now that tell you whether or not you got in because they don't do mail acceptance letters anymore. This blew my mind because that means we're old. <laughs> Did you get yours in the mail? I just went online. Okay, well, you could go online through like a portal, but there wasn't an app, right? Right. There's a portal. I always felt like the portal was just going to get me my information faster, so I would refresh the portal. Oh. You got yours uh, in the mail. Well, I got my... I Now that I think about it, I think there was like a portal that you had to log in with your, like, I, like your special ID or whatever, and then... They sent it in the mail as well, I, but we got a big package. So you always knew if you got in because you got a big package, and if you didn't get in, then you just got oh, an envelope. awkward. <laughs> Is the package big or small? <laughs> you know what, though? You went to Waterloo University. Let's be real. You went to a bougie university. It's a big university. Yeah, it's also bougie. I mean- it's where Algon all the nerds go. Algonquin, yeah, <laughs> but, but like Algonquin College- Which isn't bad. Is a big college. It's not a bougie college. Oh, well, I really liked Waterloo. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, of course you would get, like, this massive stack of mail when you get accepted. Meanwhile, I'm just here hitting <laughs> refresh, like, come on, baby, get me into college. <laughs> 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 I think our expectations are a little different for post-secondary so. education. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I did, honestly, though, I didn't even think to myself that how you get acceptance letters now would be via app. Right. It makes a lot of sense, but it's just not like something that I would have thought of. <laughs> that means I'm old. That means you're old. <laughs> I did think that the surprise welcome home from Peter for LJ uh, when they got home from Korea was super cute uh, with the welcome home sign and all. And I have to agree with Kitty, though. The spatial planning of the sign needed some work. I would have restarted the entire project again. But it was quite funny that he put <laughs> glitter on it and everything. But aren't guys supposed to be better at spatial planning anyway? Not with arts and crafts. I have no idea. Yeah, but it's idea. all about planning. It's just about planning the letters on the on the craft paper. Yeah, I feel like we're more big picture stuff as opposed to like a piece of paper kind of stuff. The craft paper was pretty big. 
So Kitty asks Peter, what's the best text you've ever gotten from a girl? Because, of course, she has a new boyfriend named Day who lives in Korea, and she wants to impress him by sending him the best and most memorable text ever. What's the most memorable text you've ever received from a girl? What's your most memorable text? It's from you. What was it? When we started talking. Yeah, what did I say? Hey, Sarah. That's not what With I said at all. With an mark. No? No, that's not what I said at all. You don't even, the, the most <laughs> memorable text, you can't even remember what it is. Okay, what was it? It was, okay. <laughs> this, this has a, fa- by the way, this is his famous pickup line, he well, says. This has a 100% success rate. Yeah, because I'm the only person. <laughs> You're the only person I asked, and it worked the first time. Okay. Because I was with my roommate at the time, and it was like the, ooh, like, what do you say, first text? I don't know. <laughs> this was before you, though. He, like, I-, I was going away for a weekend, and we were talking about pickup lines. And he said, you know what I always go with? I go with the person's name, exclamation mark. Okay. That's it. Sorry, it was the hey before. Yeah, I didn't say hey. I just said, Sarah, exclamation mark. Because it's not a hey. It's not a hey, what's up? Because those are boring. (laughs) It's, I'm excited about you, but the ball is immediately back in your court. And then I went away for a weekend and our friends connected us, whatever. And so I realized, I'm like, hey, this is my moment to try out Jordan's line. Sarah! It worked. (laughs) It did work. (laughs) It really did work. Oh, my God. I don't know how that was so successful, but. It was different. It was different than anything else. Clearly, I so different I didn't remember. I like how Lara Jean talks about rom-coms in general and how they have a key criteria to them, including making grand gestures, interrupting the wedding, and of course, the meet cute. LJ seems to believe that her and Peter don't have a meet cute, and we find out later that they do, in fact, have a, a meet cute, and it's basically the moment Peter falls in love with her, which is so, so cute. So sweet. I'll talk about it later, though. They kind of end up being like a very um, old-esque Totally. Couple. Like, they're falling asleep on the couch watching a movie. Well, I think that's cute. I kind of felt like they were a little lame. I'm going to be honest. Oh, I think it was cute that they were watching a movie, but, like, she was just so adamant. Like, she had nothing. Like, he was not staying there. Okay, promposals. What do you think of them? I think they're in the same category as gender reveals (laughs) and all the... Like, it's something that it could have been so simple and for so many years it was so simple and then all of a sudden it got big and extravagant and stupid okay i agree did you do one uh no but i was i was very nervous when i was asking (laughs) this girl to to go to prom with me i wasn't gonna start like a flash mob dance or like a a karaoke sing-along or something yeah you know like what happened in this one it was like a like a dance right yeah it was like yeah it was kind of a flash mobby ish yeah well i think it was like a dance but yeah like i think they've gotten really creative and very like not blown out of proportion not blown out of proportion but blown out of proportion yes i mean (laughs) yeah it's i think it takes a lot of work to like do something different and creative and like these poor guys have to figure it out or girls yeah and to to ask their significant other or ask who they want to ask out so so there are two things about this yes proposals are ridiculous they're stupid they're like gender reveals like okay we're gonna get a a golf ball (laughs) and inside it's gonna have like blue powder and you're gonna hit the golf. it's like shut up just like hey i think female or how about just like find out moment of well you know what i think to each their own i think some gender reveals are really cute Mm. i think all gender reveals are really cute are you serious no I disagree. I think all of them are stupid. Why? But but here, I'm going to make a little addendum for you. 
ladies and gentlemen, in high school, if you see a guy do a really extravagant promposal, I think it's stupid, but still remember that guy because that's some attention to detail in a relationship that not all guys have. For sure. And that is important. And it's and it's important to a lot of people to, to have that. So... To have the attention, I mean, I, I think what you're doing is stupid, but I think you're laying <laughs> the groundwork for a great companion moving forward, you know? <laughs> yeah, good listener. You've kind of probably mentioned He's it. He's got some creativity. Yes, yes, exactly. You. He's got some creativity. Yeah. He thinks about things, you know? Follows through. There's some attention to detail. Even if that thing happens to be really, really dumb, there's some good character building moments there. So an ongoing piece in this movie is that they're trying to find their song. Peter makes Lara Jean a Spotify playlist for her to listen to, and it's full of songs from Oasis. Of course, LJ doesn't like Oasis, which is, you're insane. But I mean, <laughs> can you even say that? Like, <laughs> like, How do you not like Oasis? Yes, how do you not like Oasis? I mean, I don't think Oasis likes Oasis, but... The, the brothers don't like each other, <laughs> no, so you're right, actually. Exactly. But, like, you can't <laughs> not... <laughs> you can't not like Oasis. Like, the 90s, early 2000s music, so good. Champagne Supernova, Wonderwall, Lila. I like... said maybe <laughs> you're gonna be the one that saves me. Saves me. I had a realization moment that mixtape CDs are dead and they've been dead for like 10 years. And now the equivalent is what Peter did with Lara is that he sent her a Spotify playlist. Cool. I love it. Oh my God. Oh, I hate it. What? Why? Because like a mixtape, there, there was worksmanship into burning a CD for somebody. You'd okay. always, you, you'd put some decorations on the CD. Do you have a CD player? Do, in we, my, do we own a CD player in the house? In my car, I have a CD player. Okay. Um, in the laptops in front of us, I think there are probably, it probably do has you, the capability of CD player. Play. Mine does not. Really? No. Do you? Oh my God, mine doesn't either. Yeah. The realization on your face right what now. What is like happening? Yeah. Oh my God, if you're listening to this right now, look around your home. Yes. Do we even have capability of playing CDs anymore? Do you have the capability of even burning one? No. No, I don't. Yeah. Wow, he's it's really come to terms, eh? What about Death? your work laptop? I'm gonna move. My it work bit. laptop also does not have one. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he is freaking out. Oh my god! <laughs> so this is the horrible. Spotify news. playlist. The Spotify playlist being is the, the new equivalent now. Mixtape. I think that's pretty cool. It's very ingenious. Well, it has to is be because right? there's no CDs anymore. <laughs> Let's be honest. CDs scratch. They skip. If you like put yeah. them in the CD case wrong, they are done. You know what's messed up is that we have the capability in this house to play vinyl records in the basement with my yes. vinyl player, but yep. we don't have a CD player. Correct. That's messed up. What yeah. is happening? Because again, what is happening? Records last longer. Well, I mean, and records are art. I, vinyl is special but like it's just yeah watching that scene with peter kavinsky saying yeah i made you a spotify playlist i'm like oh my god why wouldn't you just whoa whoa mix cds don't they're not real they're anymore. not a thing <sighs> i quite like it i think that's such a good idea i never even thought of that but it's true i have shared a playlist with you before and yeah. i didn't think that it was the equivalent but it is wow it's the exact same so cool oh. i love that good piece of information I'm just so sad now having shared that piece of information. <laughs> well, you can go and listen to all of Oasis on, on Spotify. <laughs> Why make a mix CD? <laughs> <laughs> it's all there. Oh, God. 
I uh, I also like how they do a dual flash forward moment. Did you notice that when she's waiting to find out if she got into Stanford and she's refreshing the app and she has this moment where her mind kind of slips into picturing life the future with with Peter and you can see them, you know, going to school together, getting married, getting a house, white pick a fence, Spice Girls wannabe <laughs> is blaring in the background. <laughs> and then when she finds out, she didn't get in. She didn't. It becomes one of those, it's kind of like a sad TikTok cover of Spice Girls Wannabe. It's like hauntingly, um, I actually like it, but it's like a the melodramatic version of Spice Girls Wannabe, and it's going through all the same things, just like they're they're not together together anymore. I thought that was really funny. I didn't even realize that it was Spice Girls Wannabe in the background. Yeah, it was, It was like I said, like a sad TikTok version of Spice a Girls sad Wannabe. Sad TikTok version. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I mean, called that foreshadowing. Uh, however, she accidentally texts Peter instead of Margot when she finds out, Ugh. and it seems to Peter like she got in. The grand gesture of him coming over, having the speaker above his head playing the school song, and having the tree hat all ready for her was just the sweetest. And that's back to the, they do a lot of nods to classic rom-coms they in this, where, where they talk about like, if this is a rom-com, we need a meet cute and yeah. we need a song, and it's kind of like almost like, winking at the audience like you're watching a romantic comedy here and they're kind of self-aware so I-, I thought they did make it like the 2021 version of that iconic rom-com scene where he's got the bluetooth speaker instead yes. of the giant boom box which i thought was really <laughs> yeah. really funny and he's playing the stanford theme song yeah yeah i mean peter kavinsky you have my cheesy heart <laughs> But he does it in a way where I don't think it's cheesy, though, which is nice. It's endearing. You're right. You have my endeared heart. (laughs) Endeared heart. (laughs) She goes along with it, knowing full well that she should just tell him that she didn't get in and not let it drag on. However, what would the movie be if she just told him? So they go on a senior trip. Was that a thing at your school? We like we went to La Ronde in Montreal, which was kind of like their wonderland. Oh, cool. In grade eight, when we graduated, we would normally get to go to Toronto for our grade eight grad trip. Yeah. Um, and we'd go to Wonderland, which is a theme park. But when I was in grade eight, um, it was the SARS epidemic. Oh, no. So we couldn't go. And so we ended up going to like a summer camp up north for three days. <laughs> it's just really funny. That Dude, your school, <laughs> your school is sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, well, we couldn't clo- go to Wonderland, so we just went further north? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> like my school is like, let's go to Montreal. Let's go to a theme park in Montreal, La Ronde. It's also like we're we're at least four to five hours away from anything. Yeah. So that would right. be why. Montreal is like a two-hour exactly. drive from Ottawa. So, so for the entire school grade to go, it it's logistics a gas, and yeah. planning. So that's probably why. But And you know what? We had a lot of fun. Sure, sure you did. But there was nothing like a senior trip or anything like that. But but I think we did. Oh, you know what? We did go to like um, Cuba, but it wasn't it wasn't put on by the school. I was gonna say that. Just <laughs> I don't know if schools are like, hey guys, <laughs> go to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They actually advised against it. Yeah, I was gonna say like, if anything, they'd say don't go to Cuba. No, they definitely sounds did. like a bad idea. Guys. It was a really bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> But we had a blast. <laughs> yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> School hated us, but it was a great time. <laughs> the funniest line for me in this movie was when Laura Jean compared her sex life to a brisket, burning low and slow. I have never <laughs> heard sex be compared to brisket before. 
That's a really sad comparison. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I almost wouldn't tell people if that's the comparison. <laughs> no, not at all. She said it, and I was like, low and slow. Like, that's not what you want. Brisket's really good. What? Yeah. It takes some time to get there, but like, no. Like, what is that? <laughs> My sex life is kind of like a crock pot. Uh, it takes about eight hours to get done, but <laughs> like, what? But once it's there, it's really tasty. <laughs> like,. <laughs> oh my god it's like a train it's not the best method of travel but you know you slowly get there you chug along she works up the nerve to tell him that she didn't get into stanford like you were saying um this is when they're in new york they sneak out to go check out uh new york at night they end up at this cupcake shop and he's so sweet when she tells him that she didn't get in he's supportive asks if she's all right tells her it wasn't her fault and everything and just when she thinks it's at all at a loss he comes up with the idea that she can go to a that she can go to Berkeley for a year before transferring over to Stanford with him. This was, I think, one of the most important moments in the movie because instead of, you know, him freaking out about the line, yeah. flying off the handle like some other um, different <laughs> romantic comedy males, I think, would have done. I'm yeah. throwing out Noah Flynn from the kissing <laughs> booth. These movies have a lot of similarities, and I'm just realizing that I love Peter Kavinsky so totally. much more than Noah Flynn. Agreed. Just had to throw that in there. Um, I think Peter and Lara's relationship, it isn't perfect and no relationship is, but we get these glimpses of the fact that there is a lot of love between these two. And I think, I mean, while he's still very dependent on her and she is willing to stunt her own growth to be with him and neither of those things are great qualities. Mm -hmm. But when she hits him with this, like, this monumental thing she's been hiding, he responds <laughs> in like a really grown up way. In, in, and, and like a really mature way. And I, I think a special thing about this movie is that like in other movies, there's always somebody who's a bad guy and they need to have a redemption arc. Yeah. Like Always Be My Maybe, Notting Hill, Runaway Bride, Kissing Booth. Someone has to be the asshole, right? And in this one, like they both have qualities that aren't amazing, but neither of them at any point am I like, oh, come on. Like They're they both just trying to make it work. And I think... That's what I like about it. Th there's a lot of like weird maturity in this movie that I wouldn't even <laughs> yeah. expect. Like in other movies about grownups, they're not this mature, uh, which I actually like. It's kind of refreshing. And they're just so dang cute together. Like they really do have great chemistry together. Yeah. Like they really do love each other. Back to your point, you know, he's he's cool, calm, and collected about her giving him really bad news. But he figures out a way. He takes that that information processes it and gives her back an option that is that it's all fixable you know like this is yeah. what we could do instead we can still make it work so one of the few knocks i have on this movie they're in new york city on this uh senior trip i think it's it's really annoying it's necessary and i think it was annoying by design and maybe you felt this way too watching it when peter and laura they laura they go on a tour of new york city they are the single most insufferable couple on that tour because they get split up. They need to go on the tour separately, right? Yeah, I would hate that, though. I'd be like, I came here with my boyfriend. I want to go on, like, I want to spend the day with him. No? I, I would just enjoy myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm still enjoying myself. <laughs> so they come up with the plan. They're like, everywhere we go in New York City, I'm going to take a picture of myself. I'm going to send it to you so you can see everything I'm doing in New York City all the damn time. Wouldn't you be doing the same, though? No. Oh. You would be doing that? 
I mean, yeah, like probably I would take a picture and send it and then I would enjoy the rest while I'm there. So you, okay, well, I mean, this is never going to happen because I I doubt we're ever going to be in New York City separate (laughs) 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 on a trip for whatever reason. We're with like 50 people. Okay, 25 is going this way. Sarah, you're in this one. 25, Devin's in this one. Like, why would we ever, like, I did not pay for this. (laughs) Yeah, adult tours are a little bit different, I guess, than high school tours. Laura, Jean, and Chris meet up with Jen, who's on a school tour for NYU because Jen's going there in the fall. They get invited to a party and they head there with Jen and the others that were taking Jen on the tour. Is that Jen? Yeah, she's touring campus today. She got into NYU. I'm surprised you didn't know. She's told literally everyone. I can't. Laura Jean. Genevieve. How's the tour you've been so subtle about? It's been amazing, actually. Um, Heather's a senior here, and this is Laura Jean and my cousin Chris. Hey, guys. Hey. Congrats on NYU. I didn't know they were sending out acceptances. Yeah, this week. Are you waiting to hear? I am, but I'm going to Berkeley, so. Heather is taking me to a really cool NYU party tonight, so. You guys can come if you want. Oh, no, thanks. It is a pretty dope rooftop party with a band and everything. My university parties never looked like this. It was more like 100 people jammed in a house with kegs in the kitchen. But this party looks sick. I did have one St. Patrick's Day. We did um, we did party on a roof. In retrospect, probably not the best thing partying on a rooftop with green beer drinking. That was one thing I, I, I liked about these few scenes is that they really captured the bizarre debauchery that happens at college and university parties. Like like much like what you're talking about, like at Algonquin where I went to school, there's like there's the residence, but there then there's like um cul-de-sac or like a little area where it's like it's all student housing like it's not you know school property but it's only students who live there because it's an absolute bleep show (laughs) every thursday friday saturday sunday night and yeah you walk through that area at 1 a.m and you're like what is happening people are like moving couches and you're like well oh is that guy got a shopping cart oh my god he's throwing the other guy into a bunch of garbage cans. They're playing human bullying with the shopping carts. Wow, this is wild. <laughs> and you're like, so then them being like, we're going to steal a pink couch. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I feel like that would happen. That That is pretty realistic. Super fun. Like, I, yeah, like the pink couch stealing is super fun. And it does give LJ a glimpse at what college life is like and how fun and spontaneous it really can be. So they get back from New York and Kitty goes to LJ's room to try and steal some of her clothes. Kitty, of course, asks LJ what she's up to. And uh, Lara Jean says that she's trying to plan an epic date night for her and Peter. She asks Kitty if soap making was a good idea. Would a date, Devin, where I taught you how or we learned how to make soap, would that be fun for you? Sounds like genuinely one of the worst things that you could plan for me. So I agree I wouldn't do that to you. Like, but, if, but like, I don't know what made her think soap making. Like, yeah, this goes stupid. back to like the low and slow brisket. <laughs> they are a crock pot like, of a relationship. Well, sometimes I think Laura Jean is a little bit. Yeah. And back to if, if I can just jump back to the New York trip real quick. So she gets back from stealing the couch with all these people. She gets back to the hotel and he's like, where were you? Oh, I was just out with some friends. Okay, let's go to bed. Like, immediately, he's like, let's go to bed now. I kind of felt like that was, like, maybe she wants to stay out. Or, like, you don't need to wait up for... But it was also weird that, like, he... Like, that she didn't tell him about her evening. Like, hey, oh, my God, we stole a pink couch. Oh, my God, it was so fun. Like, why? I don't know why they didn't share those pieces of what... Like, what did what did Peter Kavinsky do that night? 
Yeah, it's true. Did you just wait in the lobby for LJ to come back? I think that's exactly what he did. So, like, it's just... Um, they do kind of have, like, an old married couple relationship. I think so, And yeah. maybe the, the making soap. Like, listen, guys are making practical soap. people. So, like, if you're like, hey, we're going to learn how to make lasagna, I'd be like, hey, you know what? That's a usable skill <laughs> that I can apply to my everyday. If you're like, hey, let's make soap tonight. Let's learn how to make soap. I'm thinking in the apocalypse, I'm not going to give oh my God, an F you in the apocalypse. about learning how to make soap. Well, you got to stay clean. Okay, so what's your ideal date? You know what? You can't ask me that question right now, Sarah. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Any date is a good date at this point. Fair <laughs> if enough. anything could open. I mean, bowling probably isn't the best. Like, if you think about it now, like... I, I I know I saw a meme or two where it's like, we actually used to go to bowling alleys, stick our fingers in holes in the balls that everyone else used yeah. and throw them down to a bunch of pins. And then the ball comes back, not washed, and a different person sticks their fingers in the three holes and throws it down after they've eaten, had some drinks. So I have to agree with um, Kitty on this one. Kitty wants to break up with her boyfriend because he hates Harry Potter. No one hates Harry Potter. Who hates Harry Potter? Statistically impossible to hate Par Harry Potter. She doesn't end up doing it, and in exchange, she has to watch his favorite show, which is baseball. Could you watch hours and hours of baseball? You don't like baseball. I hate baseball. See, I, I like baseball. Ridiculous. It, you know what? It's a great bar drinking sport because there's like, because there's like 120 games. Or, like, something oh, absurd. Okay. So, like, anytime you go to a sports bar, it's like, oh, there's a baseball game on. And they're always, like, in the middle of the day. Mm, so Yeah, they are. Like, in college, I would watch a lot of baseball just because we'd go, obviously, we'd have a beer at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon between classes, and there's always baseball on. I really don't pay attention to any of it, but, like, it's on. That's what baseball has over every other sport. It's on. That should be their tagline. <laughs> Baseball, it's on. <laughs> Good. That's, that's all you got going for you. You should write to them. You, you turn I on the TV, your it's new probably tagline. on. Can we get Carrie Underwood to sing a theme song for oh, baseball? Jesus. Like she Kay. does for the NFL? I love football, but those NFL theme songs are unbelievable. I can't. Okay, so switching gears back to Laura Jean. She now has to decide where she's going to school. In her heart, she knows she wants to go to NYU, but she feels the pull to be with Peter at Berkeley and Stanford. She finally tells Peter that she has decided to go to NYU and not change to Stanford after one year. He does take it surprisingly well, which we all know means not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they end up breaking up uh, prom night, which is such a terrible time to break up. He says they should break up now so that they aren't dragging it out next year when they're away. Yeah, I, I find Laura and Peter have these really great little moments together that lend to the, hey, maybe this is true love. Or at least a, a, a mature relationship. Because when they're at prom, he's the prom king and there's yes. a different prom queen. And, you know, they have their first dance. And th there wasn't any of that like high school BS of like, oh my God, he's dancing with another woman because they're prom king and queen. I feel like in another movie, yeah, that dra drama might have happened. <laughs> Throwing it at the kissing booth. I'm sorry, kissing booth has taken a lot of hits this movie. Um, but then like she's feeling kind of sad, and he sits down and he makes a joke about like Elvis Presley being like, "How's life with the king?" And I'm like, oh man, they're they're so cute because then she's like, she expresses how she's not feeling great, and he's like, okay, well like let's talk about it. I feel like a high school relationship shouldn't have such good communication, and then they do eventually end up breaking up. But but all along the way... Because the low and slow brisket was up. It had dinged. It, it had dinged. She tried. 
Um, and it failed. But the, there are a lot of moments where I think, you know, they just do have this really mature relationship. And even in breaking up, it's kind of like, wow, that could have gone a lot worse. That could have been a lot more volatile. It could have been a lot more toxic. And yeah, they, they broke broke up because they had to at the time, and it made sense. Yeah, and it, and you're right; it was toxic free. It uh, it didn't drag things out in this movie that weren't, um, that were toxic. Um, so okay, so Peter decides to meet up with his dad, um, who during the last few months has been trying to meet up with him for dinner and make up for all the years he wasn't there. And they talk, and eventually his dad says he wants to be in Peter's life and that he never should have left uh, him behind the way that he did. And if you love somebody, you at least have to try. Ding, ding, ding. This makes Peter realize that he should at least try with Laura Jean. Yeah. Get back in there. Give it a shot, Peter. Um, okay, but cry alert. Is this a Devin weep warning? This is like a Sarah weep warning. It might also be a weep warning for you, though. Um, I didn't cry this movie. What? Okay. Yeah, no. Oh, I cried twice. Okay. Oh my God, you cried twice? Wow. Wow, I normally cry more than you. Okay, so I this really special. I really love the ending of this movie, but there's two parts to the ending to this movie for me. Okay. So the first part of the movie is when they're dancing at Mr. Covey's wedding to Dancing in the Moonlight. I cried because it was just such a special, adorable moment with all the family there dancing to Dancing in the Moonlight. Are you serious? That's when you cried? Well, that's one time I cried. One that makes two. no sense. What, you cried when the family was dancing around? Don't make me feel bad about it. <laughs> God. You're right, you're right. The weep warnings are a non-judgment zone. I'm wow, I clearly feel judged. <laughs> Rude. When else then did you cry? Then it moves into... <laughs> We can't forget to talk about the grand gesture that Peter does oh. to get LJ back. Oh, my God. He texts Kitty to tell Laura Jean to go outside to the wedding tent. She goes and finds her yearbook sitting there. She picks it up and reads it. The first time they ever met. Dear Laura Jean, you told me to write something memorable, so here it is. My memory of the first time I met you. Or, as you like to call it, our meet-cute. It was sixth grade assembly. You were sitting in the row in front of me, and your name was written on your backpack in glittery letters. Principal Cho called you up on stage to receive an attendance award, and your hair got caught in your chair. I helped you untangle it, and you smiled at me. And Largin turned with a big smile, and that is the moment that Peter Kavinsky fell in love with Largin Covey. And they have their meet cute moment. Yes, this is when I cried again. The, you know what? I'll, I'll give you a Devin Weep warning there as well. That I, oh, you I teared up, got did you? I got a little bit misty. It wasn't a full cry, but I, I like how. So this is Peter Kavinsky now writing a love letter. Yes. To Lara Jean. Jean. So the whole like all three of these movies are now coming full circle. She mailed out all those letters in the first movie, and now he's writing her a love letter. To end things, and they start a new contract because the they first do. movie started with them writing like a, a contract to pretend to be dating, and then they end up actually dating. Blah blah blah. Um, I think th that was a really unique thing about this movie is that because we've seen this relationship carry out over two movies and now a third, it allows us to do all these. We, we saw a lot of flashbacks, mm -hmm. right, in that little montage, and you see all these moments that you that you kind of remember. I I inadvertently gasped oh. when he when he showed up behind her. I was like, <gasps> oh, even yes. though even though I knew he yeah. was gonna be there, but after she finishes reading the note, he's there, and oh god, it's good. 
I know it is so good. And the, so the movie ends with them packing up and driving off into the distance. Peter heading to California and Largene unpacking her stuff in her new NYU dorm room. I know what most people are thinking. Two kids, 3,000 miles apart for four years? No way. They'll never make it. But we're not like those other couples. We are Lara Jean and Peter. And besides, you know one thing 3,000 miles is good for? Writing love letters. Ready to try long distance. They're going to do long distance. Now, now we have to ask the question of each other. Do they end up? Together, do, do they end up getting married? Is that the end goal here, I guess? They stay together all through well, college? Well, I don't think what the happens? end goal should be them getting married. I think just being together, Kay. I think, is the end goal. Do you think they, they pull it off? I would like to think that they they do. Um, but like I said earlier, life gets in the way. So I don't know. I still would like to stick to the my optimistic view of that they do stay together. Okay, so slightly cynical Devin, who still (laughs) believes in romance and rom-coms and one true love. I'm going to say they don't stay together. I think it lasts about two semesters. They get to summer break, okay, okay, and then they come back together. They realize there's still a lot of love, but we both kind of grew apart, and they break up amicably. They both kind of agree, you know what, we're going in different directions. It's fine. Six years go by. Oh, you've really thought this through. They're okay. Both, oh, yeah, girl, wow. they're both graduated, maybe back in their hometown, perhaps for Thanksgiving or, or some <laughs> potential holiday. Laura Jean Covey, where does she go? The track? No. Oh. She goes to that diner, doesn't oh, she? Yes. Okay, yes. She walks in. Who does she see? Peter, Peter Kavinsky. Kavinsky. And his dad. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and his new girlfriend. I was going to say, no. I'm almost tearing up talking about this. This this is a Devin Weep warning. I'm just telling you how this movie should end. Like, like six years down the road, she sees him. She's like, oh, wow. Like, you and your dad, you guys have really resurrected this relationship. And he's like, absolutely. I'd I'd love to chat more about the last six years. Let's let's go for a beer. Are you describing a a Hallmark movie right now? No. (laughs) Fuck. I think you are. I almost swore at you. Oh my god, I am describing a Hallmark movie. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah, you This is how are. I think it ends though. Because I don't think the long distance thing works, but, but six years down the road it would. But six years down the road, okay. they have a little bit more uh, freedom in their careers. Maybe they both moved back to their, their home <laughs> regions at least. Okay. Why are you laughing at me? this is like a Hallmark movie. Shut up! It's not like a Hallmark movie. Okay, continue though. Because I think that they do have true love, but I think... I do. I'm just gonna say like the, the long distance thing, I don't think it ever really works. But I think they work. Okay, I like that. I like that Hallmark. Uh, Shut up! Uh, stop! Stop what, making fun of me. What would we call me? that? A pitch? A pitch? A Hallmark pitch? I feel pitch. attacked. I feel attacked. <laughs> wow. And then they go for some drinks, and then they realize they still love each other, and they end up together. Stop looking at me like that. I love it. Shut. I up. think it's great. Shut up! You ruined it. <laughs> Hallmark movie. What are your quick facts? Quick facts. The Empire State Building in New York City was lit up in magenta, cyan, and yellow during the rooftop party scene. These colors are the film's signature colors. The prom scene was shot in one day and was for many in the movie the first and only prom they got to attend. Because they're... They just didn't go to conventional school, I guess? Uh, Maybe because they couldn't make their... Because of filming, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it ended up being a blast for everyone to film and for everyone to take part in it. So it was really cool. 
The cafe at the beginning of the movie that Lara Jean visits in Seoul is a real cafe. It's called Green Cafe. It's one of the most Instagram places in the city. Oh, that's cool. The author of the books, Jenny Han, has a cameo in this movie. If you've seen the first two movies, you may or may not know that she also has a cameo in those films as well. She appears in flashback sequences as a middle school principal in the first and third movies and plays the vice principal of Adler High School in the second film, giving her a nice view at her career trajectory. Several of the cast and crew left love locks on the fence at Namsan Tower in Seoul after they had completed their filming there. So cute. That is adorable. The cast kept mementos uh, from the set after they were done filming. Anna, who played Kitty, kept her feminist necklace that Kitty wears in all three films. Noah kept three books. I'm not sure exactly what books uh, that they were. Um, He also took a button-down shirt and his name from the back of his actor's chair. Oh, that's super cool. The dance scene at prom was pretty much all improvised, even the break dancing. The only part that wasn't was the tango, which was choreographed by Jordan Fisher, who plays John Ambrose in uh, the second movie. Wrapping up the third movie was just as emotional as you would expect. They started filming the franchise back in 2017, so it's been a big part of the cast and crew's lives for a while. Lana said, when I shot my last scene, it just hit me how grateful I am that I got this opportunity and how much I love the world that we built and how much I'll miss playing Lara Jean. It's like saying goodbye to a little part of yourself. Noah said, I think for me, my biggest feeling is I've done my part. I really hope that when anyone who has watched these films and read these books watches this final installment, they feel a sense of happiness or peace or fulfillment. I hope they go, that was good. Jenny Han didn't have an alternate ending for Always and Forever because she said she tends to write pretty completely and doesn't waste anything. And that moves us into our best scenes. Best scenes. I think we both probably have the same one. Uh, So I think the rooftop party scene and stealing the pink couch and riding the subway um, was one of my favorite scenes because I think it is so much fun. And like I said before, it captures all the good times you'll have at college. My other best scene um, is with Peter and LJ at the very end when he writes her how they met, basically writes their meet cute. I know it's at the end of the movie, but they didn't have a ton of great movie moments together this this movie since there was always that looming college decision over their heads, um, especially over Lara Jean the entire movie. So when they were together, it was talking about the future, not really enjoying the moment. Um, as much. Yeah, and it was already established that they were a couple, so we didn't really get those, those wow, they love each other so much moments. Um, but yeah, I agree. The the writing the letter at the end, we talked about that. It was, uh, yeah, it was really special. So special. Yeah. Honorable mentions. My honorable mention is the soundtrack. Oh, uh, it was so good. It's a vibe. It's kind of like an indie vintage rock kind of sound. Um, we might even post the whole soundtrack yeah. on our socials at romcom rewind on instagram because it is it is so good it kind of becomes a theme of the movie mm-hmm. at times where lara is trying to figure out what their uh song quote unquote is and she thinks she's picked one based on that that rooftop party that you were talking about but but a few quick picks for you to uh toss on your spotify playlist there's a lot of stuff by a, a band called The Greeting Committee. I've listened to a lot of theirs, and it's really, really cool. There's a song called 17 on the soundtrack. But they also do a rendition of Beginning, Middle, End, which you hear in the movie. Um, and yeah, the, there are just a few others that I picked out that it's really... It fits the vibe of the whole movie. And strangely, 
it kind of hits an Oasis vibe at times, too, <laughs> where you're like, wow, I think Peter was actually on the right track with the Oasis pick. I think yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, that's great. The soundtrack was so good in this movie. Yeah. It was different, right? Like, it wasn't songs that you knew or that were top 40 right now. No. So it was, yeah, it was it was nice. Kitty is my honorable mention. Oh, really? I didn't She's really love just her. Su- why? She's such a cool kid. I mean, I didn't love her, but I think you weren't supposed to love her because she's like the annoying younger sister. So acting wise, I think she did great. Yeah. I mean, I think I think she brought um, I, I find sometimes Lara Jean can be uptight. I think sometimes I mean, Peter does this, too, but I think she brings Lara Jean. She makes Lara Jean relax a little bit more. What should have been? What should have been? Uh, my what should have been is that Peter is what Noah Flynn's character should have been in The Kissing Booth. Oh, that's good. Okay. Because um, when, when we did those episodes, I think we did talk about an underlying, hey, this guy is kind of toxic and shitty kind of vibe. But now, watching this movie, there are so many parallels, and I actually dislike Noah Flynn even more. I think he's the worst. It also annoys me that the guy who plays Peter Kavinsky in this, his name is Noah, and in the kissing booth, <laughs> his name's Noah. Very confusing for me. <laughs> I'll be honest. But it's just, like, like I talked about before, there are so many parallels with the kissing booth, and to all the boys you know, they're both novels that Netflix is making into movies. I think Kissing Booth is going to be a trilogy. I believe yes. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one's coming out this year. This one is a trilogy. And, like, the only thing that really bothers me is these two main male characters, how Peter Kavinsky in this can be so mature, can be such a well-rounded character, and how Noah Flynn's kind of a dick and an asshole yeah. and toxic. Uh, after watching this movie, I agree with you. It, it's I mean, of- Noah Flynn is very cute, but so is Peter Kavinsky. Yeah. Thirst Factor. Uh, Peter Kavinsky, 9.5. Okay. Uh, Lara Jean, 8.7. Yeah. I agree with both those. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, Noah Centineo, very good looking guy. He is. And he's in like everything Netflix now. I love it. He's in like 10 Netflix things. Rewatchability. I have it at a uh, 8.7. I've got an 8.3. Okay. I think, I mean, it's more rewatchable than the other two in my opinion. It's just kind of difficult because, I mean, they, they, they do set it up well, but I find that sometimes, you know, when, when we're talking about the John Ambroses and the Joshes, it's like, oh, I don't really remember this whole story, and I don't want to watch the entire trilogy. Mm. I just want to watch one of these. So to that end, this is the most rewatchable one because you get a very satisfying ending. But I think that it leans on the other two a little bit. It's a little bit less rewatchable. Okay. And this has been the rom-com rewind of... To all the boys, always and forever, Laura Jean. If you are listening on Spotify, make sure you follow us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, leave a review. We love to read those. On the way, as I try to crane my neck around, we've got, oh, Leap Year is coming up, The Ugly Truth, Crazy Rich Asians. So if you have not watched any of those, or if you want to rewatch them with us, those are coming up in the next three, four weeks. Thanks for listening. 